You're listening to Technically 200, a podcast about some amazing Black and Latino women in STEM. This new season, in honor of Black History Month, we're celebrating the stories of Black women in STEM. Stay tuned each week for interviews and roundtable conversations because we'll be talking to women in tech, entrepreneurship, finance, and much, much more. Welcome back to another episode of Technically 200. My name is Matt Stevenson and I am your host. And today I am with the esteemed Keely Mosley, who is actually a Code to College volunteer. She started with us years ago and uh, it has taken almost that long to hunt her down because of our respective schedules, but I'm so glad to speak to her today. How are you, Keely? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. Excellent. Now, uh, just to give folks a sense of who you are, Keely Mosley, you are the IT delivery lead and an associate director at Merck. You are uh, a graduate of Penn State or Pennsylvania State University, where you double majored in information sciences and technology. And you uh, hail from the, the, the Steel City, Pittsburgh, yes. PA, right? Yes, that's right. Yes, right. Pittsburgh, PA. That's where I'm from. And I've been in Austin for almost 16 years. Oh, man. So would you call Austin home at this point? Yes, this is my home and probably the only home, the last home that I'll have. So I think I'll be here forever. Um, more companies have um, migrated here. Um, it's just always forever changing. Um, and I think that kind of speaks to the person that I am. I, I love change. And I love growth. And Austin's definitely been the city of, of having the, the combination of both. Um, so, yes, <laughs> this is it. Tech, Texas, Austin. <laughs> you know, when you talk about you like change, you like growth. And what I am always fascinated by is, I mean, you seem like a legend to me because I feel like I hear Keeley stories. Uh, (laughs) the last couple of years I know I've been on several different journeys like honestly like I I, you know I think like having that change mindset and being resilient um you know even in my career and in in my life um translates so well um I, I know you heard some stories around like maternal health and and going through some things, you know, raising a family and having kids and, and still being uh, working in a corporate world um, has its challenges, um, but it definitely has its perks and its rewards as well. So um, I, I, I'm i glad I can, I'm here to share a lot of them uh, with you and be able to maybe motivate and empower um, young people or some people just starting um, their careers to, to know that, um, you can you can grow, you know, benefit from from the challenges that that you may face in a career itself, and in life, and in life. <laughs> well, so why don't we why don't we start um, years ago, uh, probably even before you know those uh, your move to Austin, and you know one thing that that is true for a lot of code to college volunteers is that they say they invest in the program because someone invested in them, so. Can you yes. talk to me about how you were introduced to STEM yourself and and whether you experienced something like uh, how you're giving back now through this program? Mm-hmm. Yes, I can go back. There's a couple of 
like golden nuggets and like highlights that I can kind of reflect back like, oh, that's a defining moment. Like that's how I got to where I am. Like, I, you know, realizing that I had some sponsorships and actually uh, some representation around along the way of my journey. Um, so I could date back into middle school. Uh, one of my best friends, uncle's girlfriends, uh, actually told me about a program very, very similar to Code to College um, at Duquesne University. And it's, it was a partnership with um, Carnegie Mellon University. And um, she volunteered to pick me up and, and take me to this class where I was able to learn um, C++, um, uh, Adobe Photoshop, and some other languages that are extinct. Uh, I just remember being in a class and learning, having my, my floppy disks and <laughs> being excited to kind of learn. And then fast forwarding to that in high school, um, I didn't continue that, that journey of tech. Uh, it wasn't really introduced to me during high school. Um, but when I got into 12th grade, I decided that um, I wanted to go to college um, and I wanted to major in something into tech, but I wasn't sure. So I, I got a, uh, I picked a major um, engineering first. Um, but then I realized as I was going through some of the classes, um, I had a lot of electives and programming courses. So I ended up switching my major to information science technology, which had a, a, a focus or maybe a concentration on on application development path as well and so that's what kind of led there and so I always think back like how did I get in there because people kind of ask me and I think that was one um defining moment that exposed me to tech and so you had you had this really early exposure to, to tech and to coding and because of that that influenced later on what you pursued in college. What was your experience in college? And, and, and talk to me about, um, yeah, what, what did you overcome? So while it was a lot, first it was, it was a lot getting to college. Um, I was first generation college student. So, you know, neither one of my parents or siblings had ever went to college. So I was pretty much self-navigating on my own. You know, my mom would try to refer me and, you know, share a friend of a friend who maybe knew somebody um, that could help me navigate the college uh, process. But once I finally arrived there, um, it was it was awakening um, to know that I didn't have a computer, you know, so that was like a thing like I was I was getting into a tech major and I didn't have the tools that I needed to be um, successful. So that was the challenge. And then the other thing was kind of the perception. Uh, around me, my environment. Most of the kids, um, you know, their parents were engineers. Um, they had computers. They had all the tools that they need. And I realized that I had a huge gap um, to catch up and to to feel to feel. And so it was kind of intimidating at first. Like, wow, you know, being uh, a first generation college student and, and being a woman and a young woman uh, and a black one too. There wasn't a lot of representation for me. Um, so that that kind of had his challenges of his own. And then on the way, I, I had my own challenges that I introduced. Uh, freshman year, I got pregnant with my first child. Um, so I actually graduated um, with a two-year-old on, on my hip. So I had some challenges along the way, um, having a baby during college. Um, I didn't sit out. Um, I, I, I took him um, to class with me. 
everybody knew him on campus. Um, I had babysitters in the admissions office and the dean's office. Everybody knew uh, <laughs> you meet me. It's like, I have an exam. Like, could you please watch Russell? Like, you know, so it was truly the campus baby um, to help me uh, get, get through it sometimes, um, you know, going through college uh, as a young mom. So yeah, there, <laughs> there was a challenges academically and, you know, personally, but I was able to excel and overcome some of those um, adversities that, that, you know, can arise. Where do you, where do you, <laughs> where do you find that strength? I, 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 I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, I think, I think about, you know, teen mom and like all those shows on FTV and having having a child at that age and i mean having a child i mean we had our first uh child when i was i don't know 33 33 mm. 34. <laughs> i was lost <laughs> i mean i'm still lost i can't <laughs> so you're talking about you know you said your freshman year you're talking about freshman year. You know, 19 years old. years old yes i was 19 years old I was, and um, I don't know where I got that 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 strength from, um, that tenacity. But every time something came up, I was determined to not let it stop me, or defeat me, or deter me, or, or make an excuse um, that I couldn't do it. Especially if I knew that other people had did it um, too. You know, like I knew I wasn't the only one, and I knew it was going to be hard. But I just felt like it was something that I could do. And I just had to accept that sometimes when you want something, there's going to be challenges. And when I was younger, I probably didn't believe that those challenges made me who I am. Like, I think that's just part of the recipe of me. It's like, I'm going to just keep this going. Just, just keep making it happen, keeping it going. And it doesn't matter what happens. It just matters that you, it just, you just keep going. And so... That's just been a trend for a long time for me. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to sit with that one for, for a <laughs> bit. So talk to me about some, some other great work because you've, I mean, you've, you've accomplished a lot. You worked at NASA as a software engineer, right? I did. I worked there as a senior engineer. Um, actually that was my second programming job, um, that I had. I moved to Houston. Um, at that time, I had two kids and I was a single mom and I was doing rapid development and it was such a learning experience for me and I, I really, really needed it. Uh, but there was some very tough, there were some challenges because I was coming from working from um, higher ed, you know, higher education where, you know, I had vacation days when the kids was out versus coming into the corporate world. I didn't have, you know, a lot of those vacation days um, to take off. And so there was challenges because I was working longer hours. You know, I had faster de deployment cycles. You know, I, I was rolling out, um, applications in like 15 days, 18 days. And so there was, there was a lot of things going on. Um, but after like maybe two years after working there, um, I moved back to Austin. Um, I, again, I loved Austin again, and I went back to the higher ed and uh, worked there for a long time um, as a senior software engineer and developing um, custom applications for their enterprise 
systems uh, for students, you know, registration and graduation, all those different types of applications. But NASA, people, people always say, oh, you left NASA, you know, left NASA. It's like, you always have to leave if you want to grow. I mean, that's just me. Like, you know, people, they stay and stay and stay. And I just feel like you grow so much more when you change, when you change. So I had to change. And um, I, I went to ACC for eight years was my longest time I ever stayed at a job. And um, then I left when, when Merck came to Austin, uh, which had a, a very personal connection to me. Uh, when I was younger, uh, about 11 years old, I had a next door neighbor who was an, another person of influence for me. Um, she um, she actually worked at Merck at the time and she was a pharmaceutical rep. So I was familiar with Merck because of my next door neighbor, which is my um, number one role model and influencer. Uh, she was a black woman and she graduated from HBCU. And so she used to always um, excite me and, and share her stories about college. And so that's who inspired me to to want to go and, and show me that it was possible um, because of her. Like that was like a, a front and center personal experience with her. So um, when I heard Merck was coming, you know, I called, I was like, hey, you know, Miss Marinette, you know, guess what, you know? So they had recruited me and I decided to to go over there in a, in a totally new industry, um, different than what I was. But again, I'm attracted to the change. So I went and hopped on board there and um, things have been great. Um, what's new there for me that is different from my past experiences in tech is I'm actually not developing anymore. Um, actually like kind of leading the teams more, um, being more like on a product side and, you know, the product development side now and um, leading those teams to deliveries. And the other thing is, it's, it's my first um, experience working with a global uh, company and a team. So I, I work with a lot of people across, you know, um, Singapore, you know, Australia, like there's people all over. And so to have that exposure is like, you know, it, it's a big deal, um, you know, to have that ex experience. So would, how would you describe, could you, could you talk to me about how you grew up and relate that to all of the global exposure and access that you have now? I mean, is this, would you, would you say looking <laughs> back that this is a, a contrast or that this is not something that you would have predicted back then? No. If I can insert a song here, this is like started from the bottom. Now we here. <laughs> like it's like mind blowing to to be able to accomplish um, what I did. But the most important thing for me, even though I can accomplish and go, you know, wherever I go globally, um, is to be able to give back. Like this means nothing if I can't give back to to my children or to other children to other girls. And boys, like it, it doesn't mean anything if I don't inspire or impact um, more people to come along. So, yeah, like this, this doesn't look like what I had planned. Of course, I set out to be, you know, successful, but you, you don't know what it ever looks like. Like, what does success look like? I can't be really define it. So, I think this is kind of how you define it: is that you're just always open to change and grow and share and give. Uh, and without that, like, I, there's really no substance if, if you don't have that. Talk to me about your kids. 
Yes, it's, it's interesting. So the one I told you about um, that I had in freshman year in college, he is a senior um, at Purdue University. He is graduating this May um, from the College of Engineering, and he has secured his job, um, his a full-time offer at McKinsey, uh, which is huge. <laughs> like, this is like, wow. So, like, there's one of the things that I can say, like, if, if I could die kind of things was like graduating from high school for him was like a big thing. And this is like, like, wow. <laughs> like, wow. Like me, like uh, started off as a, you know, single mom, you know, young mom yeah, in college. And now I have a college kid getting ready to graduate. Um, that is doing far better than what I did when I left college. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> Like, like, wow, like he's, you know, almost tripled my, my salary out of, outside of college. So I'm happy and proud. And that, that is, that is the legacy uh, for me, like a big one. Uh, so that's the first one. I'm still, I'm still stuck at, I'm still stuck at the <laughs> fact that you got a, I mean, the listeners can't see you, but that you got a senior, a graduating senior in college. <laughs> yes. They can't see me dancing, but I have a 21 year old. Oh, that is graduating. And, you know, for those that know me, like, like I said, Russell was known all over campus. Um, you know, it was, that was, a, that was a big deal. Cause, cause things could have looked different. Things could have been very different. Um, but they didn't. And I'm glad that I moved to Texas, um, with, with two young children that kind of give them that life that I wanted to. And, um, you know, eventually, <clears throat> um, my, my second daughter, she, uh, my second child, it's a girl. She's 16. Um, she's a junior in high school right now. And um, she's on probably the same path as Russell. Um, you know, she's national honor. She's smart. Um, so she'll probably be into politics. Um, she's definitely an activist, <laughs> an activist, a young activist. So you'll see and hear about her soon. But yes, uh, she's really good, too. And then the last one, um, he will be three on Tuesday. So I started all over and had these broad range of ages. So I have a three-year-old, I have one in daycare, one in high school, and one in college. So I don't know if that's like the Renaissance mom or what. I'm like stay-at-home mom and working at the same time. It's like, this This has been a crazy year. <laughs> it's been a crazy year. <laughs> Lord, you three and the three. -year -old. Okay. Yes, the three-year-old, the last one. Yes. This is going to be a very broad question, but listeners, I don't really care what you think about it. Talk to me about motherhood. Uh, you know, I had some challenges. You know, despite you know that that you're doing well, like that's probably the number one job. Like that is the you know toughest job, the most rewarding job, the biggest job, the one where no other job really matters, but that one is being a mom. Um, you know, it's like you, you're not perfect at it, but you you know you give it your all, and, and that's just that's just the thing about um, being a mom and. Being in a career now, it's in being married, it's definitely better with two. So, you know, my husband helps out a lot. And like, I have a perfect mate now. Um, he's also in IT, so we can like talk really nerdy <laughs> about stuff and, you know, help each other out. So he's like my, my um, senior level support uh, when I get stuck. So I'm glad to have, you know, my family and, and a, 
a broad range of, of children um, is keeping me young and keeping me alive um, and still striving. I think kids make you strive. Like I, it make you, they make you struggle, but that struggle turns into strive for sure. For me, like it lit a match under me because I just wanted to be um, to, to build and leave a legacy for them because it wasn't my norm, my norm. Um, so, you know, when I leave here, um, not just for them, I hope that other people say, oh, yeah, I know Miss Keeley, you know, yeah, you know, like, you know, I hope that I can leave scholarships and, you know, be a part of, of something great, um, you know, just just a part of that change. You you um, you've you've spoken a lot about um, a, a range of issues publicly. And, you know, you'd mentioned this earlier that one of them is maternal health mm-hmm. and it's something that I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but I, I feel like it's starting to get a little bit more attention yeah. in particular, black, um, maternal health. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I know that there was an article that was published recently and it was just broadly about, uh, moms, moms are suffering. Just oh, yeah. moms are suffering in the United States. And I think that general com that that general conversation is definitely a conversation. I think there is an acute challenge that black women in particular, definitely women of color or mothers of color are facing. And so what is the stat in the United States that, um, maternal um, maternal uh mortality is three to four times more likely yes a black woman is three to four more times likely to die than a a white woman or any other woman um and and that stat gets even higher in other states like new york so you know alabama like the, the rates are there even higher um but it's really sad and you know it it's sad because it is also a journey for me. And I didn't know that these, this was a thing until it happened to me. Um, you know, with the last baby, actually I, I was in my second week. I had just started Merck and, um, I went to the doctor and then was told, you know, basically I, I was in pre preterm labor and the baby wasn't going to make it. And, you know, I, I went through a lot of challenges and at the end of it, um, at the end of it, um, having a micro creamy baby, um, which weighed one pound, he survived. Um, I ended up almost dying after childbirth. Like I was in intensive care, you know, my kidneys were failing, you know, I got a, a deadly, um, infection in my incision and I had complained awfully a lot and I was ignored. And, and luckily me being the type of analytical person I am and very observant, I kept checking myself. I kept asking questions and I found something that was alarming um, one night and um, I ended up back in the surgery and, and that's when I woke up in, in ICU. And so there was a lot of challenges that I faced um, from that delivery and, you know, even even have to regain um, the strength to walk again. Like I, I was I was using a walker. Um, there was a lot of things that that happen and I speak about them publicly um, to not to shame um, any medical professional because they're important, but just to kind of go to show that things, these things are serious and that women should speak up 
and that doctors should um, listen up and, um, you know, pay attention because nobody should die um, giving life, you know, like, that's just, like, that's just crazy. And, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of women out there um, that have maybe a similar story and, and don't, and, you know, maybe too afraid to share it. But if I can speak for all the other people who didn't make it, um, you know, that that giving birth or after birth, um, that was, that's my commitment is to speak up for the ones no longer here that died um, giving birth. And so it's, it's, that's, I think again, this happened to me um, to be able to advocate and to be able to share, um, you know, my story um, to let people know about black women um, suffering and, and dying from, from childbirth that maternal morbidity is, is a real thing. And it, it can be uh, prevented. It can be easily prevented. So yes, that's a, that's a, a huge topic that has a panel of conversation to discuss it in itself, but I'm glad that you, you brought it up because, you know, career women um, like myself in IT, um, I had insurance, I was educated. It happened to me. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that it only happens to people who don't have insurance, who don't go to the doctors, who are unhealthy, that have underlying conditions. Like I didn't have any of those and it still happened to me. Um, so, um, you know, it, it things happen. Um, and you know, it just it's unfortunate, but I definitely think that that voice, um, you know, speaking up like really truly saved my life and even my babies, uh, because they told me that day like he wasn't gonna make it. And I was like, Oh, he's gonna make it because this is the last one. Like this is this is it. Like he, we have to keep him. So 23 weeks he was born, one pound even. So and he survived. And like I said, he'll be two, he'll be three on Tuesday. So <laughs> that is fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that you, you got what you needed. You, I mean, you are in such a unique and just admirable position. And so I, I can only imagine other women being, being where you were mm -hmm. in any part of this journey. I mean, there are so many points that we can, we can pull out. What, what advice would you give to a young lady listening right now who is inspired but but lost as to, to how to get started? The first thing is, you know, to believe in yourself. Like that, I think that one thing is like the, to believe that you can achieve whatever it is first is, is like number one is the belief. And then second is to, to never take um, no for an answer um, once you had that belief, like if it's something that you want to do, um, and you may change your mind throughout of it, but that's your decision. But if you're sold on or set on going a certain direction, um, go in it and don't let anything deter you, you know, always ask questions. Don't ever be afraid and ashamed to ask questions because once you get the answer, it's over, you know, it's just that simple. You ask a question, you get to know it. If you know you ask it and it's still not clear, you go out, you research it, you ask somebody else. Somebody else can can speak a different language and explain it to you in another way. And 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 again, it's over. So don't ever get stuck on thinking that you don't know, um, you know, or you don't have because those are things that you can get to know and have really quickly. Um, so 
I think a lot of people that I'm not, I'm not smart enough. Cause it's like, no, get the resources that you need, get the, you know, whatever it is, get it and find it and keep it um, and keep going with it. So those are the two things is like, you know, once you had that confidence, like, like, I just, you know, I don't know what that, what that looks like, but you just put that armor on of confidence and whatever comes against you, just let it roll off and keep going because that's, what's going to get you there. You, you have such an amazing story. And I, I know that we just scratched the surface today, but I'm so grateful for you making the time today and for also showing up for our students and, and paying it forward. So thank you so much, Keely Mosley. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Technically 200. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us at technically200.com. Until next time.